Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I just finished a 10K this morning. What did you do? I played my flute in church. Yeah, so... Well done. How, what, what, Thank what, you. What time did you record? Uh, I got a PB, so I'm quite happy with okay. that. You're, not, you're going to keep yeah. keep close to your chest how the fact that it took... You can look for it, Colin, if you wanted to. <laughs> it's a full-on 10K. I'm not going to tell it to you and to the audience. Was if it, you want to look for it. Was it more or less than two hours? <laughs> well... Uh, the the sweepers didn't have to sweep me up, okay. so that's probably a good thing. Isn't doing a ten k one of your things to do before? Your it phone? is. I signed up. I, I signed up to the Bristol ten k, but I hurt my back. So, I, so uh, your, you do not need your back to run. I, I assure you. I assure you, you do. No, you don't. You just need you know a good heart, lungs, and legs. Yeah. Why do you need your back for? Um, so as not to be in agony. <laughs> oh, pain is part of the run. <laughs> Um, so my place in the Bristol 10K was taken by James Ashton, who ran it in 43 minutes, which is rather quicker than I'm ever going to run it. So. <laughs> but uh, if you look, so if you look I, my name up in the Bristol 10K last or this year, rather, you will see that I did it in 43 minutes. <laughs> well, well done, James. Yeah. Um, Are you going to do it next year then? I, I, I hope I can, but my um, my back still hurts, Dijon, when I run. <sighs> Getting old. Anyway, um, enough of. Enough of my back. Uh, today we're talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, or Grindelwald, depending on which of the characters in the film you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also talking about the films of Anne Hathaway. We've got a quiz on the films of Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, and much, mm-hmm. much M- more. Much more. Now, I've been away in Northern Ireland, Zijan, and I've not really been keeping up with movie news. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm hoping hasn't... you can uh, you can help me out here. There hasn't been much. No. Thing. It's been a very quiet two weeks. The biggest news I have is that they're doing a new film version of Rebecca. Yes, they are. I did see that. Yeah. So um, for those avid listeners, I actually saw the original Rebecca mm. uh, very recently, actually. Uh, two months ago, three months ago. Uh, this was uh, directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Back in those days, and it was uh, the only film that he won Best Director in. Or oh, uh, oh, this film, no, this film won Best Picture. Best Picture, he didn't, he's, he's ne- never he, won he Best never Director. Won best director no. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, this was back in 1940. This time around, they are remaking it with Army Hammer and mm-hmm. Lily James playing the two main roles, Maxim and the second Mrs. De Winter. Second Mrs. De Winter. Um, directed by Ben Wheatley, who, who did High Rise. Yes, and I believe Free Fire, and one I can't remember the title of about going off in a caravan and killing people. So completely different from uh, Rebecca. A bit of a change, yeah. I, I think this is a great cast actually. Lily James is um, is a great actress. Army Hammer, I think, is a good fit for the for the role. He's a bit maybe a bit on the young side. I think um, Lily James is a bit on the older side, isn't it? I thought Rebecca, uh, not Rebecca, the second Mrs. De Winter was very very young. Yeah, I mean Lily James was. She's not old, is she? Oh. Late twenties, isn't she? Yeah, but she can pass for twenty-one if she wants to. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I'm trying to think, so. In Baby Driver, she must have been playing also somewhere around that age. I'd have thought. I hope they don't change the ending of Rebecca like the first film did, mm. the original film did. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it <laughs> uh, right now, but no, yeah, but the, the, the yes, first the, film definitely did change the ending because of uh, 
there, there were some rules back in those days when it comes to screenings. So yes, the movie code or whatever it was, but what, what you're allowed to do. Yes, mm. it, it's a great book if you've if you've. I love the book. It's, it's so good. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, and we had a in, in, on the BBC they did a version which is 20 years old now, but um, that was fairly well received at the time, I think. So uh, yeah, I, I say Army Hammer. He's he's older than you'd think. He's been around for a while, but playing a man who's already on his second wife. Really I thought good. Maxim de Winter was about 40 anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what it says in the book, but that's that's kind of how I picture him. And Army Hammer, mm. he's getting towards 40, I guess. But, mm. Yeah. Uh, yes, I look forward to that. Um, what have we got here? Uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be playing Black Mask in Birds of Prey. And we come on to one of my favourite things to do in the podcast, here, Janet, is to name Ask me your cool. character and <laughs> get you to tell me who it is. And, and oh, my. Without any preparation. Who's Black uh... Mask? <laughs> If I am not mistaken, Black Mask has the ability to reanimate the dead. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah. So like he controls a horde of zombies. Um, if and this yeah, I I am I may be mistaken. I may be severely mistaken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I swear you put this out just so that you can come out with a segment next uh, next section <laughs> to point out my mistakes, Colin. Uh, could be, could be. Um, I think. My, my, my brother who listens to this is not a fan of superhero films, so you'll be pleased to know, Simon, that one of your favourite actors, actors, Ewan McGregor, is diving into the world of superhero films. Would that change anything, though? Uh, he's not going to see this, no, but he will maybe perhaps despair of Ewan McGregor. Why DC, though, Ewan McGregor? Why DC? Yeah, I mean, Birds of Prey probably is going to be better than some of their stuff. It's got... I mean, they're actually making it, which is more than most of their stuff. <laughs> um, it's, no, got, it's got true. a good cast so far. So yeah, um, be interesting if they do go into the whole undead. Maybe we'll get we'll get Slipknot back again. Maybe Slipknot's coming back. Uh, yeah, no one cares about Slipknot. No one uh, cares about Slipknot. No, it's true. He was there just to die. Yep. Uh, the color purple. Oh yes. Is going back to the big screen. But this as time, a, as a movie musical. Yeah. So the original was directed by Steven Spielberg back in 1985. Good lord. Uh, I think he won Best Picture and he got acting nods for Oprah Winfrey and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Uh, so this is going to be a musical adaptation and the musical has gotten 11 Tonys as well back in 2006. So there's a lot of, th- a lot, a lot of writing on it. Um, this is going to be produced by Spielberg again and Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And I think rumours currently is pointing at, you know, Cynthia Erivo. I can't yes. pronounce her last name. I'm glad you had a crack at it because I, I wasn't going to try. No. Um, she, she was great in... Um, Bad times at the El Royale. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because uh, she she herself has won a Tony, a Grammy, and an Emmy, I believe, for this role. Yes, uh, yeah, for for the exact role. I think she she won a Tony for performance in this musical. Yeah, well, I think she won them all for this musical. Yeah, um, really. I think so. Do you I'm... win an Emmy for musicals? Well, apparently so. Who knew? Maybe it was televised at some point. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm getting this from the Empire podcast. That's what they said. So, That's bizarre. Uh, yeah, um, Grammy, I guess, because I'm sure they released a cast album. Or yeah, something. Grammy, I can. Uh, the Emmy, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say they televised it. Why not? There's probably an Emmy for best televised musical or something. Yeah. Um, I've tried reading the book, The Color Purple. Oh, yeah. I, it was hard for me to get through. I didn't finish it. Okay. I have yeah. never seen it or read it or seen the musical. Well, uh, for those who I know, it's about an African-American woman in the South who suffers quite a bit of family abuse back in the 
early 20th century. So it's not easy reading, but it's one of the classic novels. What, what's the colour purple got to do with anything? Does she wear purple? I don't know. I haven't finished the book. That's okay. what she could tell us. <laughs> Uh, let us know um, at CDZ Movies on Twitter, CDZMovies at gmail.com. What, what's, what's the purple all about? Or Surely we, Simon will know this. Or we can just look it up on Wikipedia. Um, Surely Simon will know this, Or Simon could tell us, yeah. He reads all books, right? He reads all the books, that's right. He's read, he's read every book. Um, here's some exciting Tom Cruise news. Uh, is there any other Tom Cruise news? I don't think there is. I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're, you're familiar with Top Gun Maverick? That uh, he will be yes. appearing, starring in. Apparently, he's learning how to fly fighter jets for this film. Right. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with you, Colin. He's going to die on set. <laughs> he's going to die on set sometime. Yes, maybe. Um, I, I, good for him. Why not? It feels like he's. I mean, this is the problem I think with the mummy. But if he feels like he's going to make this into a Mission Impossible film by another name. Um, he just so he wants to do all these stunts and stuff, which I mean, the, the original Top Gun, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of personally. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this one, but the, the big question is, are you going to make me watch this? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. What what Tom Cruise film is coming out next year? Um, I'm not sure what he's got coming up. He, uh, no, I can't. I can't think of anything he's got uh, in the pipeline. Yes. He was um. The, he always has something on the plot, uh, pipeline, Colin. He was in talks for uh, to play Green Lantern, wasn't he? But I don't think that's happening. So uh, maybe you'll get a Tom Cruise free year. Maybe I'll just make us do a whole episode on Tom Cruise. Oh, no. <laughs> no. We don't have to, Colin. There's so many other actors out there that we can do a whole episode on. I don't think I wouldn't feel good about doing an episode about a, about an actor if we hadn't done one about Tom Cruise. Oh. Uh, Luna Park is has been announced. But uh, but no no, no year for that. So uh, mm. a group of renegade space workers ventures to the moon to steal an energy source, prune juice. So there's what? basically Mission prune Impossible juice. on the moon. It might be a comedy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, there you a go. year without Tom Cruise is a good year for me. How dare you? <laughs> what else you got? Uh, there are talks about a Breaking Bad movie. Mm-hmm. For all those Breaking Bad fans out there, with uh, series ca- uh, creator Vince Gilligan possibly directing. I have never seen any of Breaking Bad. I've seen the first episode recommended by Fraudy, and then I couldn't finish the rest. Uh, okay. Um, I believe that there's also a, a spin-off TV series in the works. I thought uh, A Better Call Saul was a spin-off. Of well, well, it is. There's another one. I think a, a sequel series starring Aaron Paul as, I want to say, Jesse Pinkman. Well, if you want to know more about it, you can <laughs> listen to our second podcast, which is all about TV shows. Oh, yeah. We're doing that, are we? No, I have no idea. See the that of TV. TV. See the TV. Um, where one of us has watched one episode of Breaking Bad. And the other hasn't. Okay. I know how it ends. I could spoil it for everyone. I know how it ends as well. Okay. <laughs> if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, did you watch The Walking Dead? No. Because there are talks about doing a, a film on The Walking Dead as well. Multiple films, I understand. Uh, so, Walking Dead is one of those TV series. So, I've actually finished the first season of Walking Dead. Aren't they on like season 9 now? Yeah, they are on season 9 now. Okay. And it's, it's one of those that, you know, I I have not been for uh, watching it, obviously. But I've been following the news about it. And I think people are just getting a bit tired of the same old thing over and over again. Um, and I'm... 
but it's still amazingly popular. Yeah, and, and it is because it's been going for ages. And apparently, so I've never um, zombies aren't my thing, but uh, so I've never watched any of it. But I, I'm, I understand that it's not as good as it used to be, and people are yeah, switching off. But um, but apparently, they want to kind of really push the uh, the Walking Dead extended universe. Yeah, um, movies and and yeah, I, I again, I know what happens, but it doesn't really mean much to me. Uh, and I won't spoil it for our, for any of our listeners who don't. Uh, yes, it's right. It seems such a weird time in in the Walking Dead franchise because they did is it Fear the Walking Dead, which is a, a yeah, spin off that's been going for a while, which is still doing quite okay. Right? It is popular. Zombies are still popular. Um, but, are they? Uh, well, tell it to the American audience. The, the Talking Dead, I believe, was a spin off where they talked about the Walking Dead. Yeah, was that a radio show? Or, I don't know. Maybe it was on right, TV. There you go. I look forward to not watching that. Um, what if it's Tom Cruise in it, Colin? <laughs> Mission Impossible with zombies. Um, if Tom Cruise is in it, of course I'll watch it, but I can't imagine Tom Cruise is signing up to a Walking Dead spin-off movie. He did The Mummy. <laughs> What's the difference between that and this? Um, that that was the start of an exciting new dark universe that we're all still waiting for. <laughs> this is basically the dregs of a TV series that was once popular. Um, you 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 love Star Wars, Dijon? As much as anyone else. <laughs> as much as anyone else. Um, so you'll be aware that Matt Smith, formerly formerly uh, the Doctor from Doctor Who, um, and then latterly something in Terminator Genesis, uh, is going to be in the next Star Wars movie. Um, the rumor is the rumor is that he might be playing a young Palpatine. Um, that's the emperor, isn't it? That's he? the emperor. That's very good. Wait, uh, not bad. Yeah, um, you could you could take me for your Star Wars quizzes. I could I could do that. This is Star Wars HQ. Who is Palpatine? Up. He's the emperor, isn't he? He is the emperor. That's the, question one. Who was helping you? Um, now, this this rumor came on a different podcast, the Weekly Planet, which I'm a big fan of. Um, they sp- specifically stipulated that anyone passing on this rumor has to say the segment it came from, um, which is called Hot Scoop or Shot of Poop. Uh, I'm duty bound to tell the listeners that. You know, what are we getting from this, Colin? What are we getting from this? Um, Matt Smith we might sh- be the emperor. No, we should be getting some publicity from the. Oh, you think <laughs> Weekly Planet should be paying us? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll drop them a, a tweet. Thank you. Uh, you have Twitter, I don't. Mention that so. we said this and that, um, that we'd like £50. Okay. I think that's fair. They're earning more than us anyway. They are earning more than us. That's what happens when you're. Much more successful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is almost certainly not true, but it could be true. Which it'd be because uh, Star Wars and time travel is is not something that they've done in the movies, but they have introduced it into the TV series. You, I don't know how any of this would work. If it, if it, if it is, I imagine it'd be some sort of weird flashback. But, um, hmm. Well, I saw this bit in the news and I just brushed past it because I know you will mention it. Yeah, it's not it's not in mind anything. Okay. It's, uh, the director of It has landed the remake of Time Machine. Oh, they're doing that again, are they? They are doing that again, yes. Totally good. The, the last film uh, that was made about the Time Machine was done in 2002, which I didn't know was directed by his uh, great-grandson, H.G. Wells' yes, great-grandson. I, I heard that, yeah. yeah Starring... So, uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce and Samantha Mumba, I believe. Hmm. Noted, um, noted Irish singer Samantha Mumba. You familiar with Samantha Mumba? No, why has she sung? Uh, something about 
Oh, things being over there. I don't know. She was um, something about things being over there. <laughs> she she was at the forefront, and by forefront I mean nowhere near the forefront of of terrible manufactured pop in the early noughties. You 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 know Louis Walsh of X Factor fame, of course, and Boyzone and Boyzone, uh, Boyzone Westlife and uh, Samantha Mumba are his uh, his big hitters. <laughs> I saw him on, on Celebrity Chase the other day, and that was how he introduced himself, with was Boyzone, Westlife, and Samantha Mumba. Uh, yeah, in, in that order, right? Uh, in that order. Gotta Tell You is uh, is where she's shot to fame. Uh, can you sing that, Colin, for our viewers? For uh, I'm not sure I can. I've got Wikipedia open in front of me, and uh, I can't, <laughs> can't quite recall how Gotta Tell You goes. But I believe there's a chorus where she says something about over here, over there, or something like that. Anyway, enough Samantha Mumba talk. We can save that for our spin-off, the C to Z of pop music. Um, the Time Machine. Have you read The Time Machine? I've not read The Time Machine. It's, it's on good. my to-read list. It's, uh, it's good. It's short. That's, uh, it's always <laughs> that, that's always useful, yes. Um, it's not... I mean, it obviously, it's a time travel uh, book, obviously, but it, it doesn't really have any of the, the time travel tropes that we have these days. It, I guess it was one of the one of the earliest books on time travel, probably. Um, if not the earliest, but it rather than kind of your, I don't know your back to future kind of, I can see how this is going back affects the future or the kind of yeah timelines crashing into each other or else he just basically goes thousands and thousands and thousands of years into the future and it's really more of a, of a kind of a, a critique on humanity and the way we're going as opposed to anything else. But oh. it's uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they play it in this one. Oh. Okay, you got any more? Uh, I'm out of news. <laughs> last bit of news I have is that Paddington 3 is in the works. To is no really? surprise. Well, why are you surprised, Colin? I'm astonished. Uh, Guillermo del Toro spoke very highly of Paddington on Twitter this week. Yeah, they were both very successful films. They were both very successful family films. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if Paddington 3 was in the works. But um, there are rumours that director Paul King won't be returning. Oh, really? Mm. Will Hugh Grant be returning? Probably. Most likely not. Nicole Kimani returned for the second film, so I doubt. Yeah, but Hugh Grant was better. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed both the uh, the first two. So, mm. um, cool. Uh, we move on then to the next segment to C or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or you should not Z them. Uh, Zijan, have you seen a film? Yes, I have. And it's a film that you've definitely not seen and okay. you probably will not see as well, Colin. Great. Yes. Um, but I think you should watch it. Okay. It's House Moving Castle. Have okay. you heard of it? Uh, it rings a bell. It's a book by a British author. Okay. Uh, but um, it's animated. Right. And it's made by Studio Ghibli, which is a uh, Japanese yes. animation That's studio, which is it, yes. very popular. They made uh, Spirited Away, which is yes. probably the most popular one. Um, I think you've seen like My Neighbor Totoro, some of their... It's a very big, um, a very, very big Japanese studio. And, didn't, and didn't the head of it retire or something? Yeah, he retired, but then he's back again. Oh, is he? All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but House Moving Castle was quite uh, an old film as well. It's one of um, his greatest. So I saw this on Channel 4, Film 4, recently. Oh, yeah. And it's my first time watching it. Um, it's like a lot of Studio Ghibli films. They are quite bizarre. They are, you think about like Alice in Wonderland, kind of. Oh, yeah. Um, Things you know, you go into a, a different world where things do not make a lot of sense, or like um, the Wizard of Oz, oh, like yes. you go to a different world again. It's yeah, yeah. It, it it has that kind of a uh, similar sentiment. Uh, 
it's always his films are always a little bit out there but again the the animation's brilliant and i mean um and it's an anti-war film as well i think he was he made this film as a protest on the iraqi war okay so when you say it's quite old it's well, 10 years ago 10, right okay yeah still still older um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think you should watch it, Colin, but I don't think you will. Okay. But everyone else should watch it. Everyone else should watch it, fine. Um, I also watched an old film, but mine comes from 1984, I think, um, which is The Karate Kid, which I've never seen before. Have you not seen The Karate Kid before? I've not seen The Karate Kid before. What? Um, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, one, of the, one of the great tales of... of uh, uh, Karate, I guess. Um, it's it's one of those really weird things where I know so much about it already. Um, the entire plot lines, m- many of the key lines, characters, uh, but never actually seen it. So you kind of you're just waiting for them to say wax on, wax off, or sweep mm. the leg, or do the crane kick and all stuff. So um, I've, I've done this a few times. Where kind of yeah, film's really well known, but actually sitting down and watching it for the first time, uh, I, I had fun with it. It was good. It, it dragged a bit in the middle. I thought. Um, it's it's very difficult difficult to kind of analyze this as a as a film because it, it it feels very of its Data. time, yeah, yeah. kind of mid eighties. Uh, Elizabeth Shue was in it, which I didn't actually know. That was a bit of a surprise. Oh, I love this film when I was young. But um, did you see the remake of it? Uh, no, no. The uh, that's Jackie the one Channel, with Jackie Chan and uh, Will Smith's son. Yes, when he wasn't annoying yet. Yeah, where, where it wasn't karate, was it? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. the guy who plays no I didn't see that the guy who played Mr. Miyagi is, a, is it Pat Moratti or something like that? Um, yeah apparently was uh, Oscar nominated for that role oh wow um, which I mean it, so you, Hollywood's treat, treatment of, of uh, Asians it's probably not always been uh, ideal and indeed I think he'd largely been playing kind of comic roles uh, up until that point but it, it seemed to treat him with a great deal of respect I mean there's a bit of the kind of Eastern mysticism, uh, well, a lot of that. And to be honest, so there's a, this, there's a scene where he beats up like five thugs, and and it's quite amusing, really, because he's <laughs> they're, they're, they're running at him, he's kind of like lightly tapping them, and they're collapsing because um, he's not a young man at that point. Uh, but yeah, it does what it says. It, uh, what I didn't know, in fact, it was just directed by the same guy who directed Rocky, um, oh. which kind of makes sense because a lot of it follows similar beats to Rocky. Um, uh, so yeah, there you go. I had fun with it. You should watch it. Should people watch it? Um, to be honest, I think, <laughs> I think I think people enjoy it. But if you probably all you know as much of it as you ever need to know, yeah. you're not watching it. So I don't think you, you've particularly gained anything from it. I think yeah, if you, if you didn't watch it as a teenager in the eighties, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much as you would back then. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, we move on to our main segment today, Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Are you a Grindelwald or a Grindelwald? Uh, whatever comes to me when I say it. Okay. Grindelwald at the moment. Grindelwald at the moment. Because uh, so I think um, I'm pretty, I think Newt called him Grindelwald. I'm pretty sure Dumbledore called him Grindelwald. No, I'm uh, team Newt. Okay. I, I'm team Dumbledore. I'm going Grindelwald. Okay. Um, uh, so obviously the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's also a prequel to the Harry Potter films, the second of five planned films. Uh, it uh, has not smashed the box office. No, it like. definitely hasn't. Um, as always, we'll be doing non-spoilers first. And Very then good. Yes. we'll start shouting spoilers halfway through this. Just until our voices are hoarse. Just yes. because we just, can. Just 10 minutes of shouting. <laughs> uh, I might... I might 
edit it down in the final cut. But um, and there's quite a lot to spoil, so uh, look forward look forward to that. There definitely is. Um, let's start let's start off with the title character. Let's start with let's start off with Johnny Depp. We need to talk about Johnny Depp uh, playing Grindelwald. Uh, allegedly the title character um, you will notice that he's not really done any publicity for this film and is facing away from the the, the, the camera or the viewer on the posters um, without tr- spending too much time talking about Johnny Depp's private life uh, he's not as popular as he used to be the various nope. allegations about him um, even before- Jackie Rowling had to defend him quite a bit Jackie, on yeah well. Jackie Rowling actually had to put, up, put out a statement or felt she had to put out a statement saying this is why we've hired him I'm very pleased he's here he is the lead for the next. Well, I guess I find that Eddie may still lead, but he's a major part of the next um, three films after this one, I guess. Hmm. Um, even before the kind of yeah allegations, my view, I think people were tired of Johnny Depp. They were, I think, in our previous um, podcast where we talked about the first Fantastic Beasts film. Yeah, I think we were both disappointed that Colin Farrell became Johnny Depp. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> Colin Farrell, I think, very charismatic. He's a great actor. I think he's really... He's one of these actors who's kind of become more interesting as he's got older, I think, when they move away from the kind of action man, lead role characters and a bit more character stuff. I think... Mm. Uh, I thought he played that role. Graves, wasn't it? Was it Percy Graves? Something like that. Uh, who turned out to be Grindelwald in, in disguise. Um... So I think there's, there's kind of hovering over this movie. I think if, if you didn't have joined, if you had Colin Farrell, say, playing this role and he would be doing the publicity and he'd be... And I, I think it would have worked a lot better. Um, we, even before we start talking about Johnny Depp's actual performance, mm-hmm. just have that kind of hovering over the movie. It, it does cast like a shadow over it, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, um, I have to say that his performance, I didn't hate it as much as I would like to huh. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's, that's probably a fair point I mean there wasn't a lot to him to be honest no I I, I think the same because he having done very charismatic roles so whether it's yeah I mean Jack Sparrow is the one Jack that Sparrow, everyone knows yeah. but, um, but you look at everything he's done he's kind of goes larger than life and things like maybe uh, Alice in Wonderland or or China Chocolate Factory possibly too much so but he's always kind of playing these weird, wacky guys. But yeah, right. This was very kind of underplayed. There wasn't. There's kind of a bit. There's. I guess a kind of power behind it. You can kind of see why people might follow him. But it wasn't a charismatic performance. No, it was a very more subdued kind hmm. of performance. Um, which maybe because he took some heed from, you know, everyone else. I think probably yeah, um, and. But, I mean, setting him up as the kind of the, the great villain of this franchise, I I can't say I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I I say I thought he did well. I don't picture him and Jude Law facing off against each other. It's not something I particularly uh, look forward to. to. And, and even though this one was called, yeah, I mean, even though this is called Crimes of Grindelwald, it, it felt like it was almost a subplot. Uh, it even was. I guess it was the driving plot. But, it, um, it really was. Um... I, I know you wanted to go through all the characters here, but since you yeah. started with the plot um, as well, I this this film felt to me like one of the fifth or sixth books of the Harry Potter series. Okay. Like, J.K. Rowling knows where she wants to end it, but she doesn't know how to get to the end. Okay. So this felt so much like a filler episode. Yeah, and... There were so many strands um, 
And I, I saw someone describe this as being uh, having the structure of spaghetti, and I guess that's probably what they mean. Mm. In it, there's, there's so many different strands going on. They kind of come together at the end, so we'll do that in spoilers. Uh, really? I don't. Well, they kind. I mean, they kind of. I don't want to spoil the bit, but you can kind of they they, they at least lead to the same place <laughs> geographically, even if they don't lead. I, if, I felt like more that was a contrarian's than yes. anything else. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, honestly, it, it felt like oh. oh we, we we have to do something to make them meet up. <laughs> okay, let's 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 put them in this same space. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, there's so much going on. I think I would. There's supposed to be five films here, and she's obviously got a lot of story to tell. But you look, several of these subplots, you think, well, I didn't do anything in this movie. If if it's there for a future movie, can't you, you, not need you, to should, put you should put it in, it in the next one. Or, or, yeah, or, I agree. Or, or just either cut story out or make. I mean. It seems silly to say, say, make more than five films. But if you've got so much story to tell, I think you either need to be a bit better at editing out. But it's, it's funny that you compare it to the late, the, like maybe a book five or six or something of Harry Potter, because I actually really like those books. And yeah. I know that not everyone does. Um, and I, I guess I feel the same way about this film. And I, I love this world. I love these characters. Um, I don't think this film really works brilliantly but i still I, love to spend time with with these people so I, I really enjoyed watching it because i like the characters because i like the world but the story is a is a mess no the, the plot is a mess i i mean ah, uh, uh, i don't know I, I i know you want to go through the characters again but this yeah. this like uh i've never rolled my eyes so much in a harry potter film colin okay okay <laughs> yeah this this so many plots that just do not make sense and do not need to be in this film it annoyed yeah. the hell out of me so much yeah and, and, and I can see why it would and I can see yeah, this, this is I say not not brilliant at the box office and it's not getting great reviews I mean it's not getting panned by any means but it's kind of two and three star reviews a lot of the place in fact mostly two well, I think Empire gave it three but um and I think a lot of it depends on how forgiving you're willing to be. And it's probably true of the previous one as well, because a lot of people didn't like the previous one. And I had a great time with it. And I think I, I'm I'm kind of prepared to feel... It felt a bit like um, Justice League to me in some ways, which I, I had a great time in Justice League, but it was a mess. And the, the reason I, I liked what I liked is because I liked those characters. Um, and I like to spend time with them. And it's the same thing here. I think, well, okay, I, I can see critically what's wrong with this film. And we'll go into it. But I just, I just have a good time. Um, hmm. we, so we, I mean, let's let's talk about some of those plot points. But let's let's because some of the some of the characters basically that the, the entire plot is they turn up. And then, yes, and so many of these characters. Well, there are so many characters. Yeah, there so, are. She introduced so many new characters in this film, yeah. and keeping all of the previous characters from answer. the previous film. Even like, the uh, the head of. Head of Magic, or whatever name is, the Minister of Magic. I know. Turns you up do like not, three seconds. <laughs> you do not need to do this. Like, why? So let's, why? let's talk about some of the uh, some of the new ones. Oh. So we've got um, well, Jude Law as Dumbledore, not exactly new, but um, new to this. Hmm. Um, we we did a kind of recasting thing, and ever since we did that, I thought Matthew Good would be much better than Jude Law. Um, <laughs> I thought he was. I, I liked he had a nice twinkle. I like that. Um. He's in it less than I thought he would be. It's more well, kind of bookends it with a kind of well, off you go Newt, and then you it's, see it's Dumbledore, gone. isn't he? It's not his film. He's always there, but it's not his film. Yeah, and I suppose that's, yeah, you're right. That's in, even in Harry Potter's. Yeah, he sends people off, and then he he just stays about. Yeah, even though he's the most powerful wizard yeah. in the wizarding world, he just likes teaching too much. 
He does. And he likes sending his pupils off into horrendous danger. <laughs> I know, right? That's his, that's his thing. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that... So Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore originally, is, is Irish. Um, and then when Michael Gambon did the role... He kind of, I saw an interview once where he said, oh yeah, I put a bit, bit of an Irish accent into the performance. And it seems that Jude Law's doing the same. He's basically using his own voice every now and again, puts in a slight Irish rogue, which kind of works, but it's a bit distracting, I thought. Because it, it was every now and again, like you get an Irish foul or something. And I, I don't know, what, presumably a deliberate not to lean it too hard, because you wouldn't want him to go full Irish, I suppose. But hmm. I thought that wasn't necessarily helpful. The, the accent? Yeah, and maybe I say I don't know whether you noticed that, but that, that was a no, bit... definitely not. <laughs> no, I don't think I can uh, differentiate lots of English accents from each other. No, fair enough. Um, but yeah, every now and again, he'd sound a bit Irish. And, oh, okay, and it was kind of a nod to that, I think. But um, it's not as bad as uh, X Men First Class, where Michael Fassbender just goes full Irish in the last scene, and it's never explained. That would be good. <laughs> um. I don't mind Jude Law as Dumbledore. I, I quite enjoyed his performance, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I can see why he, he's needed in this, because he tells the story backstory of Grindelwald. Yeah. But he doesn't do too much of that either, does he? <laughs> like, you just get snippets of, oh, okay. Um, we, we used to know each other. We were best buds. Um, yeah. Possibly lovers. Who knows? But, yeah, uh, exactly. Who knows? We're not, we're not revealing. <laughs> we're not going to yeah. go too deep into that. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, so just briefly, briefly touch it. So... Which, which again is annoying because a lot of the plot points have just been briefly touched. Yeah, it feels like a lot was edited. So it's, it's two hours and fifteen this film, but it feels like a lot has been edited out. Yes, it um, does. And yeah, every, sometimes. So we haven't come to uh, Nicolas Flamel turns up, um, which is not a spoiler. Cause I think it was in the trailer. Um, and there's one scene where he he says to Jacob Kowalski, Kowalski, whatever name is, mm, Jacob. Um, Jacob, uh, he says, uh, I, I'm i immortal because I'm, I'm, I'm an alchemist. And then Jacob says to him, you don't look a day of a 375. So th- there must have been a line where he said, I don't know, I'm 378 or I'm 400 yep. or whatever else, that has been cut out. And you think that's just such an obvious thing to cut out. And, and whilst that was the most glaring one, I think every, a lot of these, I think every subplot must have had quite a lot cut out yeah you're, you're, you're definitely right though because yeah. i have spot a lot of editing mistakes in this film okay yeah which which i didn't like but we, we really are jumping over the place though we <laughs> are. This, much yeah. like the film itself we, we yeah it is. Um, but since so you brought up nicholas flamel in terms oh, yeah. of new characters um he, he he is new and he is totally pointless utterly pointless yes he doesn't add anything to this but as fan service so it's a nice nod to the to the first book, Philosopher's Stone, or if you're American, the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, and maybe he'll do... I mean, a lot of these characters, I'm going to end up saying, maybe they'll do more in the next film. But for him, I don't think he even will. I'd... No, it's so pointless. Like, I, I hate it when when, when there are characters introduced and they've already, uh, the plot is really so convoluted as it is. And you're introducing random characters just yeah. for the sake of it, which just makes it so much more denser. I, it's yeah. so that, annoying. That's I think that's definitely a point that should have been addressed in the script stage as opposed to in the editing stage. To just say, well, we don't need this. And I, I, I can almost see kind of them going through a list of Harry Potter characters. All right, who who was alive in 1927? Oh, he was. Let's put him in. Because um, most of the, the, the Harry Potter characters we know and love obviously weren't. So you, you can't put a young Hagrid in because he wouldn't have been alive, etc., etc. 
Although, oh, I bet we're going to meet his father or grand, I'm or sure grandparents. We, well, in fact, we'll come in, maybe into spoilers, but there is one character who turns up who really shouldn't be alive. So possibly it's a possibly it's a, a, a relative. Can't die in spoilers. Um, let, let's go through. I mean, we, we we kind of started going through the characters. Let's see if we, we can stick to that for a bit. Um, so new characters. Somewhere? So new characters. Um, how about Zoe Kravitz um, playing Lita Lestrange? Uh, I I liked her a lot. She didn't get given enough time <laughs> no again she she didn't have enough time to do anything like i wish i cared more about her character yes but she wasn't yeah. developed enough for me to care about her no i'm pretty sure that the film was geared in such a way that we're supposed we meant to care about her to worry yes. about her yeah. they were definitely aiming towards the end but they definitely they did not give her enough to do for me to like <sighs> And honestly, I think if you're cutting bits out of this film, this is the bit you, you leave in. This is, I, I think, this film should have been about, obviously, about uh, Newton and and Tina, and I guess Jacob and Queen, if you want to keep them in, but and and bringing Dumbledore. But I think, yeah, the new character you want to focus on, I think, is Lita, who's got this relationship in the past with with Newt, mm. got an existing relationship with the brother, um, has kind of key points in in the flashbacks, has key points in the, in the plot. I think, yeah, build around her. And and yeah, scrap. To be honest, I know I know you like Jacob and Queenie, but they didn't do anything in this film. And, no, uh, and you could have had them as background characters. I don't think you will come on to. We'll come others, on to them but, later because I do yeah. have a huge. Okay. but uh, I think this is what you want to. If you if this film had been framed around that, that kind of those those relationships and and played to her a lot because she'd been teased in the previous film, uh, and I think yeah, I say Zoe Kravitz, I think did a great job. I think she's a great actress from what I've seen of her. Um, but you're right. I certainly I felt we were supposed to really care about her, and I, I kind of didn't quite get there. No, I definitely um, didn't. Um, although the I don't think we I usually criticise trailers for giving away plot points, but my favourite line in this film is where she says, um, uh, "Newt, you never met a monster you couldn't love," and I thought it was a real shame they'd put that in the trailer actually, because that was a great moment. That was. That's a good uh, quote, though. It's a great quote, and, and I think, and, and it, it certainly was her best moment, and, and the bit that mattered, that meant her her story had the most impact. But I knew what line was going to come, so I thought that was a shame. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Nagini. Uh, Nagini, I think, but I oh, Nagini. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, totally pointless. Utterly, you, utterly pointless. <laughs> all, all that uproar that came about about Nagini's casting. Yeah. It's so easily a. <laughs> For such a very pointless character, it's, uh, it's so frustrating. You could have in, you could have introduced her in any of the next three films. She yeah. could have done a lot more. She did nothing to this film. Yeah, she so added nothing. I, I I thought, oh, that's cool. We linked to the re- previous Harry I never knew that. That's a great development. But just everything interesting about her was in the kind of the the, the character description. Um, when the film was being publicised, her character does nothing. Um, and you're right, this is exactly the kind of thing that you think, if you really need this character or want this character, put them in the next one. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. It was just so frustrating for me as a viewer yeah. to, to to just see all these, you know, characters that it, it feels like, you know, it feels a bit like the solo film where they're trying okay. to yeah. like link, or oh, make references to so many things that happens in the future that they just lost the plot for this mm. film altogether. Because once I was thinking, I'm glad they're not doing too much in terms of it. It, it 
so there obviously is fan, fan service. I'm glad it's not kind of every other room he goes into that you see some some trinket that appears in later films or something. But it's almost too much. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you anything about this character that wasn't in the kind of there was some sort of publicity thing which was listing all characters and gave like a couple of lines. I couldn't tell you what 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 she likes, what she wants, what ambition is. I, but no, she has nothing. So um, so that was a that was a great shame. Um, Theseus is new. I'd, in fairness to the character of Theseus, I don't think it's the kind of character they were ever going to develop. It, it's a kind of... The, I felt that he was in it enough. Just there to be the triangle. Yeah. So Newt's brother, um, Lita's fiancé. Is that, is that a spoiler? Mm. I don't think it's a spoiler. No, not really. They're, they're, they're mentioning it in interviews and stuff. So he, he's fine. He, he he plays the part. You can, in, I think he does well in terms of the first scene... He, you can kind of see that the, there's affection to him and Newt, but they're kind of cut from different cloth, and that's all you need. That's, he was never going to be. He's never going to have his own character poster or anything. Is he? He's, he's what he is. Um, is that all the new characters? I mean, uh, uh, there's a bunch of kind of yeah, Grindelwald's yeah, associates. No, no, no stuff, one cares but, about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay, returning characters: um, Eddie Redmayne, then Oscar winner Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander. He's, he's still great. I like him in this. He's still great. But I thought all the character development he did in the first films kind of got lost here. I okay. thought he grew a little bit more confident after that, but he went back to his old self again. Yeah. Did he, come, did he become more confident in the previous one? I, I thought he did. Yeah. But yeah, I still like him though. He's so good. When he first came out, I thought he was a bit more mannered than he was in the first one. Maybe, maybe it just took me a while to get used to the performance again because I, I mm. thought it was, I think he's great. I mean, he's a great actor, and, and I think he, yes. he's kind of. I'm, I'm glad because my worry when they talked about there being five of these films and this one being Grindelwald, we're suddenly going to it was going to become a Dumbledore Grindelwald film, and I'm, and I'm glad that he's still the lead. Yes, yeah, me too, definitely. Um, so good for him. Um, got Catherine Waterston back as Tina. Um, I know you love their relationship a lot in the first film. Yep. I actually like their relationship a lot this film. Oh, good. Yeah, I think uh, the chemistry is growing together. And yeah, Tina's growing on me. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I thought she was great. Again, I, I think a lot of the reviews have said she's, she's underused, and I guess that's true of everyone. <laughs> in this film, every single person is yeah. underused. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I love their relationship in this one. Um, I mean, it's a little bit hackneyed in some ways, but I, I, I bought it wholesale. Big fan. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that is not forgotten, and I hope we see more of those. Is it one of those? Apparently, so I've not, I've not read the uh, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book when it got re-released. So it came out for comic relief in I don't know 2011 was it earlier than that 2007 I don't know. Um, but apparently, it was reissued with a new foreword by Newt Scamander, um, which references his his wife. Um, Horpin Tina is the is the full name of Tina apparently. Yep, it's uh, not. Uh, these wizards do not know how to name their kids. No, um, I feel really sorry for them. Like Harry, Harry seems to has the, the most he's, normal he's name. Right, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well done, James and Lily. That's why you have a muggle for your <laughs> uh, for your wife. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's no great surprise that they're going to end up together. But yeah, I, I love those guys together, and, and I thought it's, it's she's. I think she's grown a bit because she was she was obviously in the first one she was an aura who's been kicked out and now she's yep. a fully fledged aura. Um, in terms of her plot, I mean it's as contrived as any of the rest of them, I suppose. Yes, it is. Um, 
we've got Ezra Miller back as Credence, who we all thought was dead. Um, and I'm glad to say at least that Newt thought he was dead as well. Because now I don't feel so stupid for the <laughs> uh, um, I, it, I don't know, man. Like, uh, um, I think the, the producers and directors love his performance in the previous one. And they just felt like they needed to put him in this. I think J.K. Rowling liked him as well. And they yeah. felt like they needed to put him there too. I, I mean, like, it was good, but I thought it wasn't needed. Well, it's funny, because I, yeah, I agree with you, except that it seems that he, the way the plot is written, he is integral to it. Yeah, that's the problem, which um, I, I, I do yeah. have an issue with that, though, because that, that bit at the end, I, when my eyes just rolled all around, okay. yeah, over my well, head. We can, we can come on to that in spoilers. Um, it, I just yeah. so contrived. I would have hated it. I'm a little surprised because if she had this all planned out and I'm surprised they ended the previous film the way they did. Um, yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Uh, Queenie and Jacob, they're back. This uh, this this breaks my heart, man. I, I know you're a big big fan of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were my favourite characters of the previous film and I think the script did them such a huge disservice in this film. Yeah, they are so shoehorned in for no reason whatsoever, just because you know it's so painful, man. Like watching yeah. this film, watching your your favorite characters going down this horrible plot points for for no reasons whatsoever. Yeah. It um, hurts so much, and I hated them sorry, the man. film for doing this. It's really bad. So um. Yeah, we're gonna to have to do that in spoilers. Uh, I don't. I didn't have the same affection for them that you did, but I I can see absolutely why you feel that way. Um, we should probably talk about the Fantastic Beasts, being that it's the title of the film. <laughs> um, my my personal s- feeling is that they've really written themselves into a corner by making the film about Fantastic Beasts, yep. and now they feel they have to put in a good 20 minutes of screen time of exciting beasts, even though it's yep. got absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Yep. Um, that, that being said, I didn't hate the ones they introduced, but I just... I still like the menagerie. Yeah, I, I, I loved... Like, actually, I've got to say, when he goes down into his cellar, it's, and, um, and it's like the briefcase, but, I, but better. I thought that was fantastic. It was like, like when I fought, when in the first film... The menagerie scene was my favorite. Like you just have a big smile on your face when you just look at all these wonderful creatures. It's the same when he went to the cellar this time around. It's just wonderful to see all these fantastical creatures out there. It is, and even though they, and they, they did a better job than I thought they would of trying to make them actually part of the plot. But then, sadly, if if you had no fantastic beasts whatsoever, the plot wouldn't change in the slightest. No, um, not, you're right. And and uh, actually. One of the reasons I don't like the first couple of Harry Potter films is that a lot of it seems to be kind of, ooh, magic, look at this. And then in the later ones, you actually, there's there's very little of look what we can do with magic. It's more kind of what do these characters want to do, what, what's driving the plot. Yep. And and a lot of the beast scenes to me seemed more of the kind of, ooh, magic kind of stuff. That they're kind of almost skewing to a younger audience. I know it's a Harry Potter, so I can see that. But it's, yeah, it's, I, I'm not blown away by seeing a, a thing that looks a bit like a cat or uh, a bit like a, I don't know. Ostrich or something. It's just like the the circus scene as well. It's like ooh magic. Yes, yeah, and I just, it's fun as long as you don't dwell on it. I guess. No. Um, 
it doesn't feel as out. So if you remember the last Star Wars, we had those the caretakers creatures and those silver foxes and stuff, and they were clearly only there to sell merchandise. It didn't feel quite that obvious. In this Not one. yet. But, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, people love the Nifflers. I, I mean, I have no figure of affection for Nifflers, but I can. I'll, yeah, sure, chuck them in. I forgot about Bunty. Bunty was in it. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you forgot. There's another guy that. What's his name? The, uh, the guy who's the who's Lita's brother. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Utterly. He 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 didn't need to be in it. Um, nope. He did, I mean he was fine. Nope. It was. Oh, he did. Thanks. Are we uh, doing spoilers now? I think we're going to spoilers. Spoilers! 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 Right. T- <clears throat> Ten minutes later. Spoilers! Spoilers! spoilers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get, get, get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. Do, 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 let's, let's, do, do you want to go to the you want to go to the credence spoiler? Do you? Yes. Okay. The go for it. Biggest one of all. So credence turns out to be another Dumbledore. Mm. No, mm, it's not a response <laughs> you should be giving to this, Colin. The response you should be giving to this revelation yes. should be, of course, he is. Oh, I had I had no. I, the the only point I realized is when they start talking about the phoenix. Everything seems to be revolving around mm. the same families in this universe. Okay. And it's 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 such I just didn't like that this was put in. It just felt nothing in the first film indicated you know that he could be another Dumbledore. No, definitely not. Nothing no. at all in this film indicated that he could be a Dumbledore. Until the end, where they felt, oh, okay, by the way, you're also a Dumbledore. They, they could just say, oh, you're just another Potter, or another... Yeah. And, and everyone would go, ooh. It's, it just felt <laughs> so... Ah, I'm, um, I'm so frustrated with that twist, okay. colleague. Yeah. Wow, you, I did not have that reaction. Um, I, I kind of went, oh, that's interesting. Um, How is that interesting? Dumbledore has like two siblings already. Why do you need... Uh, you go okay. Um, so there's, there's various theories of what this means, apparently. Um, so it could just be Grindelwald is lying. Uh, although I suspect that would not go down well with with viewers if they're just like, no, it's not true. Um, there was some sort of theory that perhaps um, Dumbledore's sister, who died, um, was also an obscurious, and in fact, it was the kind of melding of the two of them. I'm not sure that works. But it's, I mean, it seems unlikely to me that there would be a brother, that that because why would that not be mentioned ever before? Uh, so whether it's a kind of a half brother or a cousin or that's true. He he does have a brother, doesn't he? Aberforth. Aberforth, yeah. And and in the later Harry Potter books, we find out a lot more about young Dumbledore and yeah, so his friendship with Grindelwald, the fact that his sister died. Um, we meet Aberforth, and I thought surely there would be mention of a brother if. It's I mean, he, he can wreck on what you like, but um, yeah, that it, it's it seemed odd, and a lot of this film seemed to be getting ready for the next film. So I guess that's part of that. I guess. Mm, no. um, do you want to talk about Queenie and Queenie and Jacob? Yeah, the whole plot point is just bizarre. They appeared in London. Yep. With Queenie apparently charming Jacob, Jacob for to to get married to him, and they have to appear in London to see Newt for some reason for. God knows what reason, and Queenie yep. knows that Newt can reverse the spell, and then they got into a fight after that for weird reasons whatsoever. Yeah, so so for those of you who have not, so, so Jacob and Queenie are in love. Um, she then puts a love potion on him, 
von why? So that he, yeah, so within the context of the film, she wants to get married, he doesn't because American wizards and muggles aren't allowed to be married, so she's put this post, uh, spell on him. And he doesn't seem that bothered, but that, I mean, that's really creepy. That um, is. And it doesn't feel like the kind of thing she would have done. No, not from the previous film. Yeah. So that 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 didn't sit well. No, and then I, the, the the fight was so bad. Like, it felt so forced just to make them go their separate ways. Yeah. I, I trust the, the bit that really got me was... So the big plot point for her is that she, she joins Grindelwald. Um, so we have one scene where he kind of bursts in on her and she's like, get away from me, you freak. And he's like, you are under my reign. You can be with who you want to be with. And everyone... That's not gets true. And like, well, Grindelwald wants to get rid of all... Muggles. If you know anything about Grindelwald, you know that's the exact opposite of what he's yeah, doing. Exactly. And she's a legitimate. She can read minds. Yes. Yeah. She, her, her, her whole stage is she can read minds easily. <laughs> and and, and then, yeah, and right at the end, she she joins forces with him and, and abandoning Jacob to do so. <laughs> um, and in, unless they're going to reveal this is some kind of clever subplot where she's joining him to undermine him, which I don't think they are. It just feels so wildly out of character. And to be honest, it was only afterwards I was like, oh yeah, that's why she joined him. Because at no point does she say, even if they put a line in there saying, come on, Jacob, if, if we follow him, we can be together or something like that. Yeah. At least to remind you of what her motive is. But there's none of that at all. And you're kind of seeing the thing, really? So, that, oh. yeah, that was... It was so bad. Like, that, that was the point where I was like, J.K. Rowling, how dare you do this to my favorite characters? Yeah, and I do wonder... So we're predicting future films. Like, it, it feels like there's going to be a big death because J.K. Rowling likes big deaths. I, I could see that being Queenie. I could see that being a kind of realising the error of her ways and dying whilst trying to... Uh, Save Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or stop Grindelwald. Probably saving Jacob. Um, uh, speaking of deaths, Lita died. In, um, again, the, the rules of magic is so bizarre. Yeah. Like, it only serves the plot. Like, oh, we, we are powerful only to a certain extent. Yep. And then we're not, because the plot doesn't allow us to. And and I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure why she was attacking him at that point. Really. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I guess <laughs> in fairness, you can see why she that he was yeah he was doing stuff that was killing people. Although he seemed very up and down about when he was going to bother trying to kill people. But yeah, she, <laughs> just suddenly, she just suddenly starts attacking him. He kills her easily. Yeah. Oh, you're you're not important to the point. The plot. That's fine. You can die. Yeah. Uh, you can you can apparate and then we can kill you while you apparate. Uh, that's fine, but the rest of you can apparate fine. Uh, yeah, that was weird. It's like apparently when you apparate, you actually do move upwards slightly. So that was odd. I mean, it looked good, but and Lita's whole plot line where she swapped babies and one of them was Creed. No, one of them was Credence. Yeah. Um, well, that was her brother. Her brother who then drowned. That I mean, it, this is what I mean. If if you built the film around that small number of characters, including her plotline, that could all have been quite moving. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was, but it, it just felt lost in the notion of other things, really, at that point. It was. Um, who, how is Lita related to Bellatrix? Well, apparently great-aunt or something. Yeah. Um, but that's that felt odd, because without wishing to put too fine a point on it, they're different races. Um, and it... I I can see obviously in the family trees that like might come apart, but you think, well, what's the point in making them a Lestrange if it's just going to be a distant relative? But her parents are both white, though, right? Isn't like the the Lestrange patriarch is white, though? Um, 
And he uh, seduced the... Yes, yeah. So that's how the relationship works, I guess. There's half-sisters and whatever else. But mm. it just... Why? You know. What's the mm. point? Uh, and I say it's a real shame because I thought she did well. And I, I yeah, would have liked to see that triangle or that, that square, I guess, with Thesis. Um, yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't to be. Uh, McGonagall. Professor McGonagall turned up. Um, For a bit. I quite like... <laughs> no, that's quite good. Though. I quite like that cameo. <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact... So I, I, I saw this somewhere else, but apparently she was... The character was supposedly born in 1935, which is eight years after this film was set. <laughs> um, so the theory is maybe that's her mother or something. I don't know. Um, which is possible but it didn't feel that's what they were driving at um it seems i I think this is just good old-fashioned retconning rather than a uh i think so i think i'm surprised dumbledore teaches defense against the dark arts as well i thought he taught transfiguration Uh, i think he did as well because the one point the minister is like you're you're not allowed to teach defense against the dark arts anymore so maybe uh, that's what that was um yeah, McConaughey. It was nice. It's kind of cameo that I kind of like. You kind of see her for a bit, but you don't dwell on it. Yep. Apparently, there was a longer scene with her that was cut. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with my my brief glimpse of McGonagall. It's much better than my glimpses of Nagini or Nicola Flamel. Yeah, that's true. I didn't like the fact, particularly, that she uh, she um, magicked someone's mouth closed. That didn't seem like good teaching. I felt no, like, and like I'm surprised that turn that kid into a ferret or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they had to chase down a, a student. Like yeah. you, are, you are, you guys are wizards, wizards and witches. Like, I'm <laughs> magic often works in a mysterious way in the Harry Potter world. Sometimes it does. It does. It's, speaking of which, so so the end of the first film where he uh, Newt obliviates everyone by putting stuff into the rain, mm. presumably just hoping that everyone everyone in New York was outside at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then Joseph Kowalski is like, oh yeah, only gets rid of Jacob. bad memories. Since when was that true? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not that how true. That's not oblu- Yeah. Imagine Hermione obliviate uh, her parents. Oh, look, we remember all the good times we had with a kid. Yeah. Uh, so that was... And that felt so unnecessary as well, because they could have just said, oh, yeah, she filled me in or something. But just yep. to com- completely retcon what obliviation was. Um, uh, there you go. Um, that's, that's all I... <laughs> Uh, I, but oh, one, one quick one shall we talk about how useless both ministries of magics are oh yeah all all ministries of magics are pretty much useless the American ministry of magic you know it's it, it's a prison cell <laughs> in one point why one ministry of magic keeps their prisoners in the ministry yeah and, and and they lost the prisoner immediately the French ministry of magic has a picture of Eddie, uh, of Newt Scamander on the board, yeah. and yet when he loses his polyjuice potion, no one recognizes him, or no one tries to catch him. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, um, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty incompetent. And, and uh, actually, one thing I thought was quite a nice touch, actually. So you know when um, at the beginning when Grindelwald escapes, and it turns out he's polyjuice potioned just with the guard, um, and he's got this little creature, and you kind of think, oh well, he's he might be evil, but he's got this this affectionate bond with this creature, and then he just chucks it out the window to his death. <laughs> I thought that's that's a good character moment, in, particularly in a film called Fantastic Beasts, to kind of show you this guy is actually a, is the worst. I thought that was quite a good touch. Um, I'm sure I had something else to say, but I can't remember what it was. So uh, that's okay. We can move on. Yeah, but oh no, I was going to say I the, the only thing was kind of compare this to Harry Potter films, and, and I don't know how you feel about the Harry Potter films, but I, I I liked them a lot, but I never had that much affection for them. I think. Because I absolutely love the books, and the films always kind of felt like a pale imitation of the books to me. Yep, that's true. So I, th- I think I like these characters more than I like the Harry Potter film characters. I, I have no affection I, I, for these. 
I do agree. Uh, I would like to spend more time with the characters if hmm. they allow it. But uh, I was thinking after the film as well, like if this was the first Fantastic Beasts films that we saw, yeah, I would be so upset. Yeah, yeah, I would tell Jackie Rowling, please do not ruin this for me. Uh, this this feels I mean with this budget they're never going to but it feels to me like it would work better as a as a TV series or even a kind of like 10 part series or something yeah as opposed to trying to cram it into into the films well there you go Um, hopefully they'll learn from this and they'll streamline the next one a bit but they probably won't no um, we uh, have running out time. time with that, uh, so let's skip Anne Hathaway for the for now. Uh, no one skips Anne Hathaway, <laughs> apart from us, yeah, <laughs> and um, and Shakespeare in his will. It's a little Shakespeare <laughs> reference there. Um, Is that true? I, uh, no, <laughs> um, he he famously uh, left her his second best bed. Um, so uh, that was that's what I was driving at. That's, that's very thoughtful of him, though. Yeah. Um, we move on to our quiz. Um, it's Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. All their films together. I lead nine eight for the year. We've had a couple of draws recently. Um, only three quizzes left this year. Uh, this can be tough, man. So uh, kick us off, Sajan. Um Question one: Composer Robbie Robertson is a frequent collaborator with Martin Scorsese. Which of these films that Martin and Leo work together? Has he not worked on? Um, ooh, I haven't got a clue. But I did see that... I saw that Howard Shaw did one of them. So it must be that one. Uh, which one did he do? Uh, I'm going to say Shutter Island. Yes, Howard Shaw did one of them. And he did the avi- Aviator. Ah, okay. Um, which film ends with Leo saying The Way of the Future over and over again? Ah, I know this. Over and over again. Mm. It has to be... The Aviator, right? Yeah, it is The Aviator. Yeah. Very moving scene. Uh, question two from me. Which European city shares the same name of Leo's character in Gangs of New York? Uh, Amsterdam. That's correct. Uh, who wrote the novel Shutter Island? Oh, I don't know this. Uh, I, I can't give a guess as well. I don't. Uh, fair enough. Um, it's uh, Dennis Lahane, or Lahan, who apparently wrote it um, just after writing Mystic River. Uh, any relation to Dane Lahan? Dane DeHaan. Oh, Dane DeHaan. Oh, oops. He, he spells and pronounces his name differently. Um, <laughs> Question three. Which singer played Gene Harlow in The Aviator? Uh, that was the great Gwen Stefani. It was Gwen Stefani. Uh, question three for you. Who was the only actor who was Oscar nominated for The Departed? Oh. Oh, this is painful. So I know Leo wasn't. Uh, it's Damon. Was Damon nominated? Jack Nicholson was in it, wasn't he? Oh my goodness. Is it Jack Nicholson? It wasn't. It should have been. He was fantastic. It was Mark Wahlberg. Oh. In a, in a something sort of surprise. Um. Yeah. Question four for me is, uh, which actor was slated to star opposite Leo in, in, uh, in The Departed, but declined the role and decided to produce the film instead? To produce that film? Hmm. Uh, no, I've got no idea. Who would have been doing that? It was uh, Brett Pitt. Fair enough. I wouldn't have got that. Mm. Um, question four for you. To within 10 minutes, how long is The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> what is this? It may be a subtle way of me pointing out this film was far too long. So give that it a, is far you, too long. Use that, it's use far that too as your long. guide. Um, how is this possible, Colin? Why are you asking this kind of question? I've given you a nice 10 minute window. That's very That's generous. Not very generous. How long is too long for you, anyway? 
Two and a half hours. Uh, no, three hours. So, oh, I should have gone all the way. So this one for you to win. Yes. Uh, where is Shutter Island located? Is it a real island? Um, uh, are you looking for the name of the island that played it, or are you just? No, I'm looking for where is it located okay. in the film. All right. Um, I'm going to say it's just off New York. Uh, it's just off Boston. Okay. In which case, uh, to pull level for another draw, uh, here you go, question five. Um, Gangs of New York was released five days before which other Leonardo DiCaprio film? <sighs> Why do you have to ask this kind of questions, Colin? Uh, and apparently, just to give you some exciting background, there was a bit of a score because they wanted to release it on the same day and uh, Harvey Weinstein had to... Uh, Back down in the end. Oh, yes, I read about this. Oh, this is annoying me. So this is 2002. What has Leo done? I'm going to guess... Uh, this was Leo before he was big anyway. I'm going to guess Catch Me If You Can. It is Catch Me If You Can. What? It's, yes! It's another draw. <laughs> oh, wow! Um, well, well done. Uh, to both of us I guess uh, next time we are quizzing just because I'm not very imaginative um, we're quizzing on the films of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro definitely not creative at all Colin no <laughs> um, hey we've been doing this for a while now I've run out of ideas um, what's our main topic for next time Zidane? Uh <laughs> is it Creed it is Creed Creed 2 <laughs> um, um, not Ryan Coogler's or he's an executive producer I think but um, the, the sequel to, to Ryan Coogler and Michael B. John's Creed and we will see you then bye